0: Welcome to The Forge, the official podcast of Blacksmith Ministries. Podcasts have played a crucial role in the development of my spiritual life, and I pray these messages will do the same for you. My sincere desire is that these messages will awaken a passion for Jesus inside of you. Today's episode is focusing on prophecy. Prophecy is a gift that gives. I believe sometimes prophecy can be misunderstood and people don't understand what it is, And cause them to ignore it or neglect it or not pay attention to it or if someone talks about prophecy They just tend to disengage and to shut out because it's misunderstood And the purpose of this podcast is to talk just very briefly and very basically About prophecy Here is the truth about prophecy. Prophecy is a gift that gives Let's look at a, my first introduction to prophecy in July of 2000, I was a born-again believer. I had been married for three years. My wife and I had had a baby. She's a year and a half Savannah back then. And the church that we attended in Prince George County, Virginia, where I was a police officer in, we met in a private Catholic school, and that's where our church was before we built the building. Every church, every ministry goes through the process of when they start out that they're not in the place they're supposed to be, but it's a process and a journey, and we could preach on and on for that. So if you're listening to this podcast and your church is not in the main sanctuary or a building that you're supposed to be in, but you're working towards that, have faith. Every ministry goes through that journey. So we're in this St. Vincent de Paul private Catholic school, and a traveling evangelist comes to town. His name is Gary Brooks, and he was ordained through Christian International. And he's a prophet. And I had, I'd been raising the church all my life, but I had zero encounters with the prophetic, the prophetic anointing, the prophetic gifting, a prophet, and what they're supposed to do. So I had no idea, but I was very encouraged. I was very curious to see what it was about. Gary Brooks God blessed him. He's been with the Lord for three years, and I just so honor his ministry. After he begins to preach, he begins to call out people. And that was the first person that he pointed out. He just looked at me. I'm in the back of the sanctuary. He points me out, calls me out, tells me to stand up, and he says something I will never forget. He says, Son, The Lord has a larger house for you. And don't worry about the finances. $25,000 is being released right now. There's another $5,000 being released right now. The Lord has a bigger house. You don't worry about the circumstances. You just focus on Him and it will manifest. What Gary Brooks didn't know was that my wife, Christy, and I just had a conversation about getting a bigger house that Sunday morning before we had gone to church. We had built a house in Prince George County. It is a beautiful house, we loved it, but it was pretty small, It's our first house. We'd only been married for two years, and we had our baby, Savannah, and she's a year and a half, and she's all over the place, and so we're needing more space. We're thinking about growing our family, having another baby. And we wanted to move. We wanted a bigger house. We talked about this and the prophecy of our bedroom. And we told no one that morning, three hours later, Gary Brooks, who is a prophet from the Lord, who I've never met. I don't know anything about him. He was from North Carolina. We're living in Virginia at the time. No one knew about that conversation Christy and I had. Yet he points me out and says, the Lord has a bigger house for you. (laughs) <laughs> you can imagine I was stunned. I was in dis- I didn't know how to respond. But I knew that the Lord was using this man to awaken faith in me, but all- also to know that the Lord hears me. I think a lot of people in church, you know, they do it because that's all it's what they know, but they're I knew the Lord heard me. He'd heard my prayer, and he heard me in a conversation. It wasn't even a prayer request, you know. It wasn't even something i asked him about. It was a conversation that I had with my wife. But the Lord saw the desires of our heart, and then he used this man with his gifting to call it out and then ignite hope and ignite faith. And that's what prophecy is. Prophecy is a gift. First and foremost, prophecy is a gift. Man, I'm fired up. I remember that so well, and that has just set me on a prophetic journey. Here we are 19 years later, and I just know what prophecy is supposed to do. It's, It's supposed to edify believers. It's supposed to build up their faith. It's supposed to exhort believers. It's supposed to encourage them. It's supposed to bring comfort to their souls, and that's exactly what it did. My goodness, I'm fired up. All right, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and see how prophecy is a gift. This is Paul writing to the Corinthian church, who are going crazy at this point. They have a lot of issues going on, and he's trying to bring definition. He's trying to bring information and clarity into spiritual gifts, into this new church. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. The Corinthian church at the time were so, they were pagans before, and so in the pagan religion of that day, they believed in many gods. They were polytheistic. They believed in many gods. So, when they received Jesus, they still had this grid, this background to believe there are many gods. So, they couldn't understand when one person began to operate in the gift of the Holy Spirit, and another person began to operate in a different gift, they thought they were two different gods. So, his Paul's point in clarifying this was, no, 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 there's many different gifts, but it's all from the same God. There's only one God and his son Jesus and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This is one God, but all of these gifts are from the same source, from the God. There's not many gods, there's one. And so he goes on to talk about nine spiritual gifts, which he mentions in verse number 9 and 10 about prophecy. So prophecy, first and foremost, is a gift. And Paul doesn't want us to be ignorant above it about the gifts. He highlights nine specific gifts that are supposed to be in operation. They're the words of wisdom, the words of knowledge, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the gift of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the gift of discerning spirits, the gift of different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. In between... Chapters 12 and 14 is 13 is where the chapter, the famous chapter on love, where everything that we do when we operate out of a gift is supposed to be out of love. And that's exactly right. Anytime we're in, operating in a gift, we need to have our focus and our heart and our intent of the heart is for love, loving God, loving our our brothers and sisters. But it also mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, He says, If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and although I have faith so that I could move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. The emphasis on that scripture is obviously on love, that love is the importance, not the gift of prophecy, but it does highlight that prophecy is a gift. We also read where Paul wrote to his spiritual son Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands. This is what prophecy does. It is a gift that gives. Prophecy is from the Lord. It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Basically what it does is it speaks forth by divine inspiration, and it also predicts. It's also uttering forth, declaring a thing which can be known only by divine re- revelation. The Holy Spirit gives a gift. You begin to see things, you begin to hear things, uh, and circumstances and events and in other people. So in this instance, which Paul is saying to Timothy, is Paul saw something in Timothy that Timothy probably may not have seen in himself. Paul began to declare what he saw, his call to ministry, his call to be a father, his call to be a pastor, his call to lead the church in Ephesus. It's such a monumental task. And when God is giving these things to us Sometimes we think less of ourselves That we're insignificant That we're not able to accomplish these tasks And it's the gift of prophecy that inspires It's the gift of prophecy that empowers It encourages It's incredibly powerful Blacksmith Ministries Was birthed out of a prophetic word Eight years ago This is what it does It brings forth life Holy Spirit is releasing through divine revelation, through divine inspiration, and it's bringing things forth. I love prophecy. I just can't get enough of it. When people start speaking, even Paul even wrote in another scripture not to despise prophecy. So when someone is speaking prophetically, whether to a local congregation or to an individual, you we've got to listen. We've got to lean in and listen and put faith into it. Let's also look at what prophecy is not. We, we know that prophecy is a gift and it gives, but what what is prophecy? What isn't it? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 3, Paul tells us the standard for prophecy. So this is what the standard for prophecy in the New Testament is. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. But he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In these first five verses of chapter 14, Paul is declaring his desire that the church be strengthened. Obviously, a church is made up of individual believers, and so he addresses how to edify or strengthen ourselves, and then he shows us a way to strengthen the corporate body. So when we speak in a tongue, an unknown tongue, after we've been immersed by the Holy Spirit and these tongues erupt out of us. And I've actually done a podcast on this on Tongues of Fire, so check that out if you're interested. When we speak in tongues, we're not actually edifying anybody else but ourselves. We're speaking to God. So there's a threefold portion of speaking in tongues. We're speaking to God, first and foremost. We're edifying ourselves, secondly. And third, we're speaking mysteries in the spirit realm. But we are strengthening ourselves when we speak in tongues. But when we prophesy, we're strengthening the corporate body. So Paul is instructing, I want you to know how to edify yourself, but I also want you to know how to edify and build up the local church so no one is left out. Isn't this glorious? Here's the thing about prophecy, though. In the Old Testament, God used prophets to declare judgment on a disobedient people. Somehow, in the New Testament, after the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Son of the living God, after his death burial, and resurrection and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, somehow the church has still had this Old Testament mind frame when it comes to prophecy. And so we have ministers in the New Testament that are prophesying in an Old Covenant type of standard. Whether they're prophesying judgment and condemnation. I will never forget after 9-11, the attacks on September 11, 2001. I was a police officer in Colonial Heights, and we all remember what happened on that day. 3,000 Americans died because of a attack by these terrorists. And we have ministers that get up, and they are trying to declare judgment on America by God for her sin of abortion and homosexuality in the land. That is moronic that God would kill people because he is mad that we're aborting babies that doesn't make any sense whatsoever they were using there's just a misunderstanding of prophecy in the New Testament I know these ministers probably meant well and had good intentions and they were trying to cause men to think about their actions and turn back to God I I firmly believe that but a misunderstanding of prophecy results in in hurt. How much damage did that do? People are grieving and were mourning. I remember being glued to the television trying to find out more information about what happened and praying for the people that couldn't be found. It was just crazy times when we've got ministers that are saying this is God's judgment on America. And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. So the standard for prophecy in the New Testament is edification, exhortation and comfort. Edifying is building up, exhortation and its basic understanding is encouraging and comfort to men. So Paul knew the challenges that we would have in our life, not only just in life in general, but also the spiritual war that we have. We have an enemy in the spirit realm and we need weapons. And he knew that if we were to prophesy that we could build up one another. Let's see, where else do I want to go? In this Old Testament prophecy, where we're using fear, we're using judgment and condemnation, that's not God. In the New Testament, He does not use fear to bring men to Himself. Romans 2, 4 talks about it as the goodness or the kindness of God that draws men to repentance. It's not fear and condemnation. My goodness, in John chapter 8, there is a woman who was caught in the act of adultery and brought to Jesus, and the law of Moses commanded that they stone him. And what did Jesus do? Did he condemn her? No. And there's not even any indication that she was repentant she was brought there against her will and Jesus looked at her and said neither do I condemn you go and sin no more he did not condemn her but he empowered her to live apart from sin this is what prophecy does it is not condemning it is empowering okay so we know that prophecy is not based on condemnation we know that it's not based on accusation And it's not based on judgment. We also know that if anything that someone begins to prophesy that produces any type of fear, that is not from the Lord. God is not based in fear. He's based in love. And in 1 John we read that if anyone is captured, bound in fear, they've not been perfected in love because perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. God loves us. And he uses love to cast out fear. Fear is not the opposite of love, because if it was the opposite of love, it couldn't be cast out. But love is more powerful than fear. Here we go. With this basic understanding of prophecy, that prophecy is to edify, it's to exhort and bring comfort to men. Let's look at this last scripture, and I'll bring it to you. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This is Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. We are called to use prophetic words spoken over our lives in warfare warfare against the enemy. We have a spiritual enemy, the devil, and one of the weapons we've been given to fight the fight of faith is prophetic words. When we walk in faith, it is a fight. That's why Paul told us time and time again, fight the good fight of faith. He also said, do not neglect the gift that is in you. That is one of the gifts that we've been given to fight this war. This warfare, this spiritual warfare that's after men's souls. This warfare that tries to discourage us and to disappoint us from quitting. Have you ever had the temptation to quit? How many people that have a destiny and calling from God on their lives haven't fulfilled it because they they gave up on the journey? Using prophetic words. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Timothy use these words in the good warfare, all of these prophetic words, these utterances that people have spoken over you, use them, pray them, declare them, because it's going to edify yourself, and it's going to edify you, it's going to bring comfort to you, it's going to encourage you. When Gary Brooks prophesied over me that we would have a bigger house, six months after he gave that word, he gave that word in July 2000. In January 2001, six months later, we moved into a bigger house. We went from 1,400 square feet house to a four-bedroom house with a two-car attached garage and a beautiful subdivision, and it had 2,600 square feet. Someone gave us $25,000 for a down payment on the house so we wouldn't have to get mortgage insurance. When I, It was my dad. When he gave me the check, I told him that word. My dad wasn't in that church. He lived in another county. He's going to another church at the time. When I told him that word, he was stunned. I didn't tell him that word before he gave me the $25,000. He gave it to me out of a gift, out of the love of his own heart to help us. And when I told him that word, he broke down in tears, man. This is what prophecy does prophecy is highlighting people it shows them that God cares about them that he loves them and he's interested in their lives my goodness we have prophetic words take them off the shelf declare them over yourself do not quit this is what prophetic words are doing they're encouraging you to keep forward on your journey of faith to not quit to keep going I want to conclude this podcast by just declaring this over you that you will keep going. You will reach your purpose and your destiny and your calling in God. And you have prophetic words over your life. He has given you prophetic words. They are in your arsenal. Take them and use them. Swing them. Declare them in faith. Let them encourage you. Let them build you up. Let them bring comfort to you that God is on your side, that he's not left you on your own. You do not have to do this by yourself, but you are going to reach your destiny in God, whatever that is, to be a mother, to be a father, to have children, to be a millionaire, whatever dream he has put into your heart, you are going to reach it by declaring these prophetic words, knowing that he's for you, that he loves you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life, and he wants to see his kingdom come to this earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth through your life. Friends, I love you. I hope this podcast blessed you and gave some clarification on prophecy. Use those prophetic words. Swing them in faith. Swing them at the enemy when the enemy is in your ear, when the enemy is saying that you're not going to make it, that you're insignificant, that no one knows who you are. Swing those prophetic words and watch the enemy flee. In Jesus' name, amen.